shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. We're going to get it going in three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Armchair Mixed Martial Arts. This is Joshua, as always, and I appreciate y'all for tuning in. <clears throat> Hope everything's been good on y'all's end. Shit's been crazy on my end. Y'all have seen I've missed a couple of the reviews recently. Um, I don't want to go off into it too much, but y your boy has stuff going on on the personal side. And I'm getting it all worked out to the best of my ability. And I appreciate you all for sticking with me. Uh, on this episode, we're gonna re we're going to preview UFC 286, as well as take a quick look at the fights that went down between 285 and 286, and then we might take a look forward uh, at some of the fight cards, at uh, the fights between 286 and 287. Then we'll also look at some general news surrounding mixed martial arts. Y'all know how the y'all know how it goes by this point, hopefully. Um, but to just dive right off into it, man, we've got this weekend a uh, huge, huge fight card coming up. It's the trilogy between Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman, and it's a super interesting fight. There's tons of buildup, right? They just fought recently. It's in, uh, you know, it's, it's just there's so many variables that are playing into making this a really, really interesting fight beyond it being a really dope matchup. It's also a really interesting, uh, you know, series of events that surround the fight that make it particularly interesting as well. Um, you know, obviously Kumaru won the first fight, uh, and then they came back and had a second fight during their championship fight, and it seemed as though Kumaru pretty effectively uh, won that fight for most of the fight until the fifth round when Leon, you know, landed that, you know, leg uh, that high, high kick from the gods that put Kumaru straight to sleep. And it's one of those things where a lot of people are thinking that Kumaru's going to just run through him now because Kumaru knows, uh, knows what he's dealing with, knows what he's capable of, and he's not going to take any of those like unnecessary risks that he might have been taking in the previous fight, right? Like he realizes now the level of fire that he's playing with whenever he's fighting with Leon Edwards, right? And he maybe didn't fully understand that uh, leading up to that fight. And now he gets it. And so he's a, a more informed fighter now, and he can do with that knowledge better in the third fight. Um, but I think the same goes for Leon Edwards, right? Uh, Leon Edwards now knows that he has the ability to put Kumaru to sleep at his sleep. And that is going to also give Leon, you know, his own confidence boost in his own way, right? Like to say, to, I think it's crazy that people are coming up with this narrative that Kumaru should come into this rematch more confident than Leon should. Whenever Leon's the one who literally won the fucking fight, he sent Kumaru to the shadow realm. And so why people think that the guy who got sent to the shadow realm should be more confident than the guy who did the sending is crazy. Um, but 
I do understand where people are coming from. I watched the fight. It was clear that Kumaru was pretty effectively winning the fight leading up until that point. And so I don't think it's necessarily really unreasonable to think that uh, he may be able to come in and do what he did for the first four rounds for the next five, right? With that being said, he has to go 25 minutes without getting caught like that. And clearly Leon Edwards has the ability to put people out like that. So um, it's a really interesting fight. Um, if I had to pick it, right, if it was, you know, my house on the line, I would be going with Kumaru Usman. I think that Kumaru Usman was the safe bet the first time, rather the second time, uh, and I think he's going to be the safe bet the third time. I think that uh, if I'm being really, really honest, it's it, it was it was almost like a Hail Mary type of play that uh, Leon was able to pull off, right? And... I don't know. I don't like to gamble on Hail Mary type of plays. Um, I think that, you know, I think that Kumaro is a safer bet. And if it was my house on it, I'd gamble on Kumaro. No disrespect to Leon. He's an incredible fighter. Um, he shocked the world with his last victory. So um, it's going to be an interesting fight. They're going to most certainly get my money and my support. And I'm talking about them on my podcast. So, like, mission accomplished, everybody. Um the next fight on the card is Justin Gaethje and Raphael Fiziev, and this is a fun fight, like a really, really fun fight. I wish that they would uh, put these guys lower on the fight cards. I think that they had Justin Gaethje on one of the big, big fight cards. Uh, fight is the very first fight on the main card, and that had the viewership for the entire card way, way up, right? Um, I think if you could put I think it should be a practice for the UFC to put one just absolute banger on for the first fight of the main card, just to kind of set the tone, right, and to get everybody tuned in, right? And it doesn't necessarily need to be a fight that's going to have a ton of implications within the division or anything like that. It just needs to be, you know, two of the doggest-ass dogs that they know are going to go in there and fight, right? I, I feel like every time that people look at the fight card, they should look at the bottom fight on the main card and go, God damn, that's going to be a dog fight. I can't miss that, right? Like, if you're actually into watching fighting, you're going to want to tune in. But I digress. I, I really am more or less trying to hope that the UFC will recreate what they did on that one fight card a while back when Justin was the first fight on the main card because it really... I felt like set the tone for the card and made the whole the whole card actually more enjoyable. I think it's a neat practice, and I wish they would do it more. But <clears throat> I could jock ride Justin Gaethje for a lifetime. That guy's so exciting, and ever since he's gotten with Trevor Whitman, he's gotten kind of calmer and more patient and more measured, and is throwing crispier technique, and it's just all coming together for the guy. The way he, I mean, he's been beating the absolute brakes off of people. Outside, if anybody who isn't named Khabib Nurmagomedov, he's pretty much uh you know putting a putting a pretty good ass whooping on him I mean, he even uh you know gave the bronx everything he could handle so it's a he's he's at the very very top of the sport and he's got rafael vaziv who is like a dark horse in the division man it's one of those things where i i feel like rafael vaziv probably has the speed advantage and if he were fighting Justin Gaethje from four years ago, would have the mental edge, right? Um, I, I want to, in my heart, say that Rafael is probably 
the more likely of these two fighters to be able to stick to a game plan, a very deliberate, difficult game plan over the course of an entire 15-minute fight. Whereas Justin Gaethje historically has been one to be susceptible to brawling and getting crazy in there. And so, you know, if it's coming down to game plans and execution within the octagon, I probably want to give that edge to Rafael Fazeev. Um, and he's definitely got the speed advantage, but Justin Gaethje, I believe, is a, is a larger guy, and I definitely believe he punches harder, and I definitely believe he has a disposition that's more inclined for violence in real life. And so, um, you know, if, if I had to, if I were gambling, right, it, it, like I like to say, if it was my house on the line, I'd be going Justin Gaethje. Uh, I feel like he's a bigger guy. Uh, I feel like it's very difficult to gamble against Trevor Whitman ever right you got trevor whitman in the corner your chances of winning just went way way up um and not even really in so far i mean obviously he's going to give great corner advice um that's documented but he uh you know the way they're preparing and the way they're getting their minds ready and stuff it's just it's a it's a big big advantage and so between my belief in trevor whitman and Justin being the bigger guy with the stronger punches and the, being more disposed to violence, maybe calmer in the really crazy firefights. Uh, I think that just translates to him winning in most situations. And I think that's going to be what happens in this fight as well. Uh, I think that uh, maybe the first round, Rafael Fazeev comes out looking real pretty, landing lots of kicks, staying on the outside, doing all kinds of stuff to kind of mesmerize Justin Gaethje. Uh, and he probably wins the first round, but by the second round, halfway through the second round, Justin's going to be dragging him into deep water, and it's going to be turning into a dog fight. And the second round will probably be up in the air, and then the third round's going to be Justin trying to drown this fella in deep water. And it'll probably, you know, come down to the judges, and it'll probably be a split decision. And there's no telling who's going to win. You know, uh, I, I would gamble Justin Gaethje. I'm a big fan of Justin Gaethje. Um, but it's the only, the only way that I see this fight going is it being really, really entertaining for everybody who's watching it. That's the, that's the thing that I can speak on, uh, with absolute confidence is that it's going to be violent and entertaining and I can't wait for that fight. There's no telling, uh, exactly how it's going to go. And you know, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, but moving on down the card, we've got Gunnar Nelson and Ryan Barbarina. And that's an interesting fight. Um, I believe Ryan Barbarina took an L the last time he went out. Um, I wasn't quite expecting that. Uh, who was his most recent fight? I don't recall. I don't want to look it up right now, mid-everything, mid too. Um, but either way, Ryan Barbarina is a real impressive guy. He fights with a lot of pressure. Right, he pushes guys forward. He 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 wins fights with his footwork and his volume and his cardio. Um, but Gunnar Nelson is a seasoned guy, man. He's been in the UFC for a really long time, and he's really really talented. Super super effective karate and kicks. Super super effective Brazilian jiu jitsu. And so uh, it's it's a hard one for me to pick, right? Uh, really really. I mean, Nelson's eighteen five and one. Barbarina's 18-9-0, so Ryan's record is a little saltier. Um, but I've been really, really impressed with him as of recent. And uh, Gunnar doesn't really seem super, super active in the octagon. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know how to pick this one. If it if, my, if it were my house on the line, you know, um, I'd probably pick Gunnar Nelson. You know, I, I just feel like at the end of the day, he's going to be able to probably keep his range. And if he isn't able to and it goes to the ground or grappling, I feel like he's going to have a big, big advantage in those situations. And that's the differentiator for me, right, is that he, he likes to strike out at kickboxing range. And if he can maintain that range, it's going to be a big, big advantage for him while they're standing. And then if he isn't able to maintain that range, if he's able to get it to the ground, he's got, that's probably where the biggest difference in skill that can be notated is in this fight, right? Um, I don't think that Barbarina is a, a schmuck on the ground by any means. I don't have his credentials pulled up here in front of me, but, um, you know, obviously you're fighting in the UFC, you can grapple and wrestle, but... <clears throat> Gunnar Nelson's got a resume on him with that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And so uh, it's just a safe gamble that in most circumstances, uh, Gunnar Nelson's going to have the advantage when it comes to uh, grappling on the ground. And so um, based on uh, him wanting to fight at kicking range and him being able to control range like that, and then him having the advantage on the ground, if it goes there, I'd have to give the advantage to Gunnar Nelson. That's probably where I would gamble if I had to. Um, but that's no disrespect to Ryan, Brian Barbarina. He's a super dope fighter, really fun guy. Like this is going to, this is the type of fight that I was talking about where it's like, we need bangers at the front of the card. Oh, wow. Check it out. Ryan Barbarina. I guess I'm going to call him Ryan. Brian Barbarina stepped in for D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez is one of those guys, man. If he had been fighting, I'd have been picking Daniel Rodriguez, um, I, I feel like all the measurables would have been the exact same. I would have been making the exact same case. But Daniel Rodriguez just always proves me wrong, right? Like if my heart says to pick against Daniel Rodriguez, my brain says to pick him because he keeps proving me wrong. Um, fun fighter. Damn, that sucks. Um, but, I mean, Brian Barbarino is a great guy to step in. Man, um, like what a fight. What, good job. Good job, UFC. Making it, making it work. Uh, Jennifer Maya and Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill's undefeated. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what she does here with this opportunity at women's flyweight. Um, Jennifer Maya is super, super talented, uh, really dangerous with her striking and stuff, if I recall. So, uh, you know, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting test for Casey O'Neill. We'll see how it winds up looking when it's all said and done. Uh, Marvin Vittori and Roman Delize. Oh, they did it. They gave us a good fight at the front of the card. Yes, UFC. The fight gods have been listening. This is the type of fight that we need on the front of a card, right? Like, I'll tune in to watch Marvin Vittori and Roman Delize. Marvin Vittori has fought for the belt several times at middleweight. Big, strong, aggressive guy. Super talented up at the top of the division. And Roman Delize... 12 and 1, bro. Super talented on the come up. Really, really aggressive and violent. I see this fight being entertaining. It's going to be an entertaining fight. Um, you know, they could maybe turn into a little bit of a grappling match, but I I am going to tune in for that one. I won't be missing I won't be missing any of these fights cuz I run the podcast and I want to talk about it, but the fan in me, not the professional, the fan in me would just not let me miss that fight. It's a really, really good fight. And so uh that's the card. That's the main card. You got Leon and Kumaru, number three, um, which is going to be a, a crazy fight. No real telling how it's going to go. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fazeev in the in the co-main. Crazy fight. No telling how that's going to go. 
Gunnar Nelson and Brian Barberina. Fun fight. I don't know how that's going to go. Jennifer Maya, Casey O'Neill. Big test for Casey O'Neill. Uh, good on Jennifer Maya for taking the fight. Ought to be real interesting. We're going to learn a lot about both those ladies. And then Marvin Vittoria and Roman Delize. Shout out Marvin Vittoria for taking this fight. Uh, no one wants to fight Roman right now. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good good card from top to bottom. Uh, prelims, you got Jack Shore fighting Marcon Amirkani. I'm a big fan of Marcon Marquan Amirkani, but man, Jack Shore is like that dude right now. Uh, 16 and one. I'm not gambling against Jack Shore. Chris Duncan and Omar Morales, Sam Patterson versus Yanal Ashmoz, uh, Mohamed Makaev versus Yafel Filho. So there's some fights, you know, there's some fights. No, I mean, no one who I'm terribly, terribly familiar with. I mean, Sam Patterson's 10 and 1, 10 1 and 1, and Yanal's 6 and 0. So, I mean, you've got. Mohamed Makaev, who's 9 nine zero and zero with a no contest, and uh, Jafel Filho's fourteen and two, and those guys are both real. I'm actually uh, I've seen both these guys fight, and they're both really good. So these are going to be good fights. You know, they, they they did good. They they didn't give us an awful card. Um, then the early prelims, you know, Lorraine uh, Larone Murphy, Gabriel Santos, Christian Leroy Duncan versus Dusko Todorovic. Wow, Dusko's that low on the fight card? Wow. Cool. And then uh, Jake Hadley and Malcolm Gordon. Uh, Yoan Wood. Luana, Carolina. Jai Herbert versus Klein. Juliana Miller versus Veronica Maketo. So a lot of fights, man. One, two, three, four, five, six fights on the early prelims. One, two, three, four fights on the prelims. So that's 10 fights, and then you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 11. so you got 15 fights coming up on this Saturday. Uh, this Saturday. It ought to, be a, ought to be a real fun night of fights, is, is the honest truth. Um, but I do want to take a quick look back uh, before we move forward at uh, the fight night that happened last weekend. Uh, between uh, It was headlined by Peter Yan and Marab Davalashvili. And I cannot sing high enough praises for Marab Davalashvili and his camp, right? Uh, they have got Peter Yan figured out. He made it look easy. He beat, he, he, he beat Peter Yan up. You know, most guys who are able to beat Peter Yan up, they're just like winning position battles and things like that. But Marab actually put the knuckles on him. Um, he had his eyes swole up. Like at the end of the fight, you could look at the two and tell who won the fight, right? And most of the time, if if Peter Yon's losing a fight, it's not very obvious that he got his ass beat. He's usually looking pretty clean, hasn't really been hit a lot. But Marab was just relentless with his takedown attempts, and when he wasn't actually shooting takedowns, he was fainting them. Uh, I think he set a UFC record with over forty takedown attempts. And a ton of feints in between here and there. And so just Peter was constantly having to address the wrestling and the feints. And Marab was working in his striking very, very effectively. Um, very, very effectively. Uh, straight up mixed martial arts. Uh, then you've got Alexander Volkov uh, and Alexander Romanov. This took no time. Alexander Volkov TKO'd 
uh, Alexander Romanov in two minutes, two minutes and 16 seconds. Um, it, 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 he hit him with something, hit him with a right hand, and he just turtled up. Uh, it, it's like he got binked and he wasn't ready for it. It's like he didn't realize how hard Volkov hit or something. It's like he got hit and got stunned by it. And then once he turtled up, uh, Volkov was just all over him and never gave him an opportunity. And uh, the ref even was like, hey, man, you got you to gotta move. And he did one time. And then Volkov got, you know, stayed in a dominant position and started raining down bombs again. And that was that. Hey, yo, Ozzy. Ozzy. You over here snoring on my, on my recording, bro. It's all good. If my biggest problem is that people are gonna have to hear some 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 Z's in the background, that's okay. Maybe maybe I ought to find a way to make this more exciting though. I'm out here putting boys. You know, you're actually the second person I put to sleep in studio while I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, not even the first, bro. Not even the first. So don't feel bad. It's like a thing. I'm gonna have to find a way to keep you guys stimulated. I'm gonna bring some cocaine in the studio. What's up? Maybe some amphetamines. What you think would do it? Some amphetamines. All right, we're gonna we're gonna make some investments. <laughs> like asshole. Um. But I'm not actually gonna do methamphetamine. Don't do don't do hard drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay, you gotta put it in your nose. You ought not do it. Okay, that's just a general rule of thumb. Okay, when you're putting fentanyl in there, you don't want that. Um, <laughs> you really don't. You ain't got a better drug dealer than Mac Miller. That's a fact. But the next fight uh, was Nikita Krilov and Ryan Spann. I was going for Ryan Spann real hard in this. He's training in Texas, bro. Anybody who's training out of or is born in Texas, I got to pull for him. That's just Texas pride. I'm obligated. It's written into state law. I got to do it. Um, so it was it was a tough one. Uh, to have been picking wrong and then it's a tough one also to have uh to see it go the way it happened man um nikita's just dangerous on the ground bro like the whole time ryan was engaging with him on the ground i was like bro don't do that like oh he's so if he's gonna beat you that's where he's gonna beat you and sure enough bro triangle choke that's that uh Jonathan Martinez won a decision over Said Nurmagomedov, and I thought it was a pretty clear-cut decision. Mario Batista submitted uh, Canetti in the first round, a little over three minutes. Vitor Petrino got a decision over Anton Turkaj. And, you know, there's some other fights. A preliminary card. Carl Williams got a decision over Reski. Um, Davey Grant got a submission. Josh Fremd got a submission in the second round. Victor Henry got a decision win. You know, just lots of lots of folks who, you know, aren't necessarily the biggest names right now, but who are, you know, getting good wins and moving up the ladder and getting mentioned on my podcast, even if it is ever so briefly, right? We're we're moving in a positive direction, dog getting mentions. Moving forward. You've got the uh, UFC on ESPN, Vera versus Sandhagen. This is in San Antonio, bruh. I'm intending on going to this one. Uh, you got Cheeto Vera versus Corey Sandhagen. Crazy fight. I don't know who wins, 
My heart says Marlon Vera. Honestly, I'm a big Cheeto fan. He punches real hard. And uh, I don't know if Corey's going to be able to actually take them shots. But if Corey wins, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Hey, how long have we been recording? 23 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, cool. We're going to keep this one short for y'all. Um, but so, yeah, I just I just feel like it's got to be Cheeto, right? Corey's so good. He's so good, so technical. But, man, it's hard to bet against Cheeto's power, bro. That guy hits really, really hard. Kicks really hard. I mean, you saw he took out. Uh, old weed guy, fucking what's his name? Damn, Sean O'Malley. Y'all know him. Damn, he's a little superstar. And Marlon had him snoring. Marlon hit him with a big fucking leg kick and compromised him immediately, and uh, and then jumped him and fucking hit him hard on top, and that was that. And I mean, he's been, you know, he he took out Dominic Cruz. <laughs> Marlon Vera's resume is stacked. Let's just be real. The dude is a beast. Um, but you know, it's not to take anything away from Corey Sandhagen. And if Corey Sandhagen wins, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I never saw, I never would have thought that Corey Sandhagen could win that fight. It's a very winnable fight for Corey Sandhagen. It's just, it, you know, and he, and he probably, like, has some advantages on the ground. But I think that the deciding factor in this fight, the thing that's the determining factor in my mind whenever I'm ultimately having to decide on who I think is going to win is that power. Uh, I think that Cheeto Vera's power is the X factor in the fight, and I think it's going to be really, really hard for Corey Sandhagen to go 25 minutes without getting caught by one of those shots that's a fight ender. And so, uh, and you know, he's got Marlon's got really, really great cardio, and he's going to be able to throw those big bombs the entire fight. And I mean, at the in the last minute of the last round, Cheeto's still going to have that put you to sleep type of power, and that's that's hard to gamble against. So that's where we're at. Next, you got Holly Holm and Yuna Kunitskaya. Um, you know, you don't want to bet against Holly Holm here. She's 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 actually a really, really excellent mixed martial artist, and it's been wild to see how she's evolved. She started off, came into the octagon doing almost straight kickboxing, and now she's out here grappling, Greco-Roman, putting girls against the cage, dominating, you know, clinch positions and stuff. And she, she's had a, a pretty awesome transformation into – a really well-rounded mixed martial artist and it's been it's been dope and um it's really really hard for most people to beat holly Holm, and i think that's going to be the case here uh so i'm you know gonna pick holly Holm, uh but nothing against kunitskaya um you know they have basically the same record at 14 and 6 yon also has a no contest um but i just am a big big believer in holly Holm, man she's looked really really good the last two last few times i've seen her go out there she's the one who's made the impression on my mind uh andrea lee is fighting macy barber uh i gotta go macy barber on this one dog um yeah yeah i think macy's gonna come in and get that job done uh alex perez and manel cape um i mean you want to go alex perez on that one just the more expensive. yeah i'm a big alex perez fan <sighs> chidi njukwani and Albert Duraev are going to be fighting. It's hard to pick against Cheaty. That guy's built like a brick shit house. Fucking punch a hole through a wall. So again, I, I tend to, I tend to bet on power a lot. To be honest, um, it gets me in trouble sometimes. But hey, it is what it is. 
Yeah, I gotta pick what uh, at this point. I gotta, I gotta talk about it, right? I can't just run a podcast and be like, oh, I don't know who's gonna win. Oh, fuck it. This is who's fighting. You know, I got ideas. We're gonna talk about the shit. Uh, and then the next fight card after that's UFC 287, bro. Big fight card. Alex Bahia and Israel Adesanya having their uh, second fight in mixed martial arts. Um, man, I still can't believe Alex did that to him. Uh, just so much power, bro. Punches so hard. You know, it's one of those things where it, guys like Alex Bahia are why I bet on power, right? It's hard to not get slept for 25 minutes in a fight whenever a guy punches that hard. But Izzy's my guy. I'm picking Izzy. I think that he had Alex on skates. I think that if that happens again, I think he's going to finish him, and I think he's going to set up an awesome trilogy in MMA, and it's going to blow the roof off. It's going to be Africa versus Brazil. It's going to be just – it's going to be everything that the UFC wants at the international marketing level. That's a fact. Um, you got Gilbert Burns. I got a big right hand and Jorge Masvidal. Um I hate picking against Jorge Masvidal, man, but uh, Gilbert Burns punches like a Mack truck. And Jorge Masvidal got put to sleep by Kumaru Usman. And I don't know, man. Jorge just, like, didn't quite look right in that last fight against Kumaru. He, I don't know, didn't seem like his, didn't didn't seem right. Didn't seem right. And I don't know if he's going to be right. Um, and his chin might have also gotten obliterated. Some guys don't come back from uh, that right again ever. And so um, there's just too many question marks with Jorge for me right now. Um, you know, big respect to Jorge. He's an excellent fighter. And, uh, you know, I'm pulling for him. But Gilbert Burns is a sweetheart. And he's built like a fire plug. And uh, he punches harder. And Jorge has shown that he's, uh, you know, at least uh, chinny to Kumaru here recently. And so uh, I got to pick Gilbert. But if Jorge wins, I'm going to be really, really pumped for Jorge. I'm a big Jorge fan. Rob Font, Adrian, uh, Adrian Yanez. That's a fun fight. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ooh, wee. That's a fun fight. Uh, Kevin Holland's my dude. Uh, Paul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. Ooh, two youngsters. Obviously, Paul Rosas, like, super duper young. Uh, prelims, anything worth mentioning on the Kelvin Gaslam and Chris Curtis are fighting in the prelims. What? That's crazy. Michael Chiesa, Lee Jing Lang, Michelle Watterson, uh, Luana Pinheiro, Chris Barnett. Shout out Barnett gang. Big boy. Chase Sherman are fighting. Bro, this is a stack little card. The, the, the prelims ain't, ain't one to fuck around on this one. You need to, you need to catch the prelims on 287, bro. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bangers. It's going to be bangers, bro, let me tell you. But that pretty much covers all the fights. All the fights. Let me see if I can uh, pull up my little uh, news section real quick. So, obviously, we've still got Conor McGregor and uh, Michael Chandler on the horizon. They're coaching this season of tough. Um, Connor did say in an interview with Ariel Helwani that it was supposed to have been Nate Diaz. And then like a few days before he was supposed to show up and start filming, they informed him that it was going to be Michael Chandler. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, it seems like uh, Nate and the brass of the UFC just don't work well together. And so it's hard to make deals happen when it's shit like that's going on, you know, is what it is. Um, at the end of the day, it is a business. Let's see. Oh, man. Luke Ra 
Rockhold signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship? What is going on with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship? Are they just paying these guys in kilos of cocaine under the table? I do not understand why these guys are going to do that. It seems like such an awful move. Like, god damn it. You've gotten your ass beat in the UFC. Bro. Oh, like he said, it hurts so good, man. Fuck that, bro. It, that's like the most damaging, the most brutal, the most just, uh, why would you do that, Luke Rockhold? The guy's a fucking model. He's going to fuck his whole gig up. Like, Ralph Lauren Polo isn't going to want to fucking put you on the cover of their shit if your face is all torn to fucking bits, bro. And that's what's going to happen in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Jabs are going to cut you open, bro. It's crazy. It's crazy. The success of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship just mesmerizes me. Every time I see and I've seen their promotion. It's good. They put on a good show. They sincerely do. And I actually enjoy the shit. It gets a little too bloody for me, but I love that jabs are a significant punch now. Like, you know, you get popped with a little jab with the big pillows on. It's like, ah, you know, it kind of binks you, but it's not like fucking lacing you open like the jabs are in the bare knuckle shit, bro. It's crazy. It's a crazy sport. I can't believe, I can't believe it's real, but I also can't believe they're doing motherfucking power slap and shit these days. Now, that's what they were saying about the UFC back in the day. I hate using that term because it's just so violent. I just, I just, I just can't, I just can't believe they ever actually got that approved. Like, I'm here for it. I watch it. It's, it's just, it just mesmerizes me every time. Every time they're like, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship successfully courting former UFC champion. I'm like, what? What? Shouldn't I, shouldn't former UFC champion be like, fucking signing promotion deals and like like going to being models and doing like cool shit nah i'm gonna go get my ass beaten bare knuckle fighting that's that's the difference in me and these fighters right i'm just not a fighter like the like the thought of getting punched in the face with yeah i'm a fluffer bro tickle that taint bro (laughs) but so yeah, man, this shit's crazy. I can't believe that. I can't believe they're making it happen like that. But fuck it, that's enough news, man. I could. Th- there's always news. All these goddamn news outlets got a hundred fucking articles talking about bullshit. Whatever, man. Yeah, we talked about a couple things. I said we were gonna talk about news, and I talked about some news. That's a fucking wrap, y'all. I really appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, it's been a little bit of a bumpy road here recently, but I appreciate you guys all sticking with me. Um, obviously I got my preview out this week. We're going to get the review out next week and we're off to the races. Hopefully I won't be missing nothing. Reviews and previews moving forward. Um, armchair army, you guys are a blessing. I appreciate y'all so much. This is Joshua. We'll catch you all on the next one. Peace. Turn that shit off, bitch. Click them fucking buttons for me. Oh shit, he's fucking